If you've got your Bible, or it doesn't matter if you haven't, because we're going to put it up on the screen anyway. We're going to turn to Mark chapter 5, verse 24 to 34. One of my favourite, favourite, favourite stories in the Bible. In fact, Adam Turk turned to Mark 5 last, not last week, the week before. And I thought, uh-oh. You know, when, you, when you're going to get up and preach, and the week before, somebody talks about the same thing. And everybody that's there goes, oh, you got that last week, didn't you? You didn't even prepare. You just, sat, you just sat in church and wrote notes while he was talking. But fortunately, he started at a story and then jumped over my story and continued. And I thought, yes. Well, let me read this to you. Uh, Jesus went with him. That's the, the end of his story. But this is my story now. And all the people followed, crowding around him, talking about Jesus now. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she'd spent everything that she had to pay them. But she'd gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe... I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. This is not in the Bible, this is just me. But I reckon she gasped then. The Bible says she could feel within herself that she'd been healed. I reckon she went, oh. And Jesus went, what was that? He, he felt power go out of him. We're going to read it in a minute. Jesus realised at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my robe? And the disciples obviously were a little bit bemused at this, like, Master, there's like the thousands of here, and uh, you want to know who touched you? I reckon pretty much everyone. <laughs> and he, but he kept looking around to see who had done it, Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realisation of what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, good place to be, and told him what she had done. And he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace. The reason I love this story is is because of this, because of that that verse. I want you to realise tonight that if Jesus had not turned around, he'd he'd not asked the question, If he'd not forced her to come forward, her story would never have made it into the Bible because nobody knew what happened. It was one of those anonymous moments where somebody just touched Jesus and if he had have just kept walking and had ignored what happened to him, she never would have got into the Bible. Uh, Church history, which I found this afternoon, would never have recorded her name as Veronica. But you didn't know that. I didn't know it till this afternoon either. Saint Veronica or Bernice, depending on, it's not really important. I don't, don't even know if it's true. <laughs> but I read it, come on, I read it on Wikipedia. It must be, no, I didn't really. I was just driving with you. No, I was just driving. I didn't read Wikipedia. I only, I leave that for really important stuff. Like how to get to Girolong or something. But I love what Jesus said, and this is the reason why I love this story so much. Let's have a look at it. This is my introduction this morning. 
Jesus says to her, not woman, not you there. He says, daughter, daughter. Now, in a minute, we're going to look at what her situation had done to her and what had made her feel like. But, but I want you to keep this in mind that Jesus said to her, daughter. He included her in a familiar way. He brought her into his family. He said, you are part of me and I am part of you, daughter. He says, your faith has made you well, and I love this, go in peace. Jesus made no demands on her. It's one of the reasons why I love this church. One of my favourite people in this church is Ian O'Day. Anybody like Ian? Now, Ian's got a phrase that he used, he has used several times since I've been coming here. And he says, at North Lakes, we take no prisoners. Who's heard him say that? Anyone? Yeah, quite a few. And what he means is, there's no demands. Just like Jesus. You know, and let me tell you, I've been going to church since I was, started going to Sunday school probably when I was younger, but that's mainly because there were six of us and mum wanted to get rid of us, mum and dad wanted to get rid of us on a Sunday morning, so they sent us all off to Sunday school. But probably about 11, I started going to to church on a regular basis. used to sing in the choir, and then when I was 14, I committed my life to Christ, so I I kept going to church on a regular basis. And I've got to say to you, most of the churches that I've ever gone to take prisoners. So I love it here. No prisoners. No prisoners. And this is what Jesus said. He said, I'm not making any demands on you, lady, daughter. I'm including you. And I'm saying, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. No demands. Don't have to follow me. Don't have to commit your life. Don't have to pray the sinner's prayer. Don't have to do this. Don't have to, don't have to go to Alpha, but it's a good idea. But you don't have to. Don't have to join youth group. I'm glad that, was it you that said in between? Because I've decided I'm not an old believer anymore, I'm an in-between believer. That at least gives me some hope. Okay, so here we go. The first thing. The woman had issues. In fact, in, in one of the older translations, the authorised version, it says there was a woman with an issue of blood. And what it simply means was she had a hemorrhage, blood issued from her continuously. And I want to pick up on this word issue tonight because she had issues. Who can relate to that? (laughs) This woman had issues and uh, I can relate to that. The Bible says she suffered much at the hands of many doctors. I think I saw Dr. Jeff here tonight. I think it was different back in the old days, Jeff. I really do. Just I want to encourage you with that. And they'd taken all her money, 12 years, long time. I haven't seen your house, so I kind of don't really know. Um, and it said she suffered much, she's suffered long, and she'd suffered loss. She'd lost her money, she'd lost her dignity. Let me explain to you what it was like for a Jewish woman in that culture that had an ongoing hemorrhage. If you go back and look at the Old Testament scriptures and the law, uh, a woman who was bleeding 
could not come out in public. She shouldn't have even been there. That's why she did it on the silent. That's why she actually came up behind Jesus. It was like a sneaky touch. So he wouldn't see her. Because she shouldn't have been there. In fact, if they had a quarter there, they could have you know, done the whole throwing of the rocks thing. Honor. So she'd lost her dignity. And in a sense, she'd lost her identity. To the point where... The Bible writer says there was a woman with an issue of blood. There was a woman with an issue. Yeah, man, she's got issues. Jesus doesn't buy into that thing. He says, daughter, daughter, your faith has made you well. One of the reasons, and I'm going to go, this is my second point tonight. One of the reasons why I really love this story is I can relate to this story. This story is about me. Not that I'm bleeding, But I've got issues. And I kind of think this story relates to you as well. Because I know you're probably like me and you've got issues. In fact, if I was to ask you tonight, in fact, I wouldn't ask you tonight. I've found that I will never ask somebody if they've got issues. I'll always ask the person sitting next to them. (laughs) See, I can come up tonight and say, look, I'm the preacher, i got my new shirt on, I haven't got any issues, but my wife and daughter are sitting there, and they know the truth. And so tonight, I'm not going to ask, have you got issues? I'm going to ask someone next to you, have they got issues? See, the reality is, in this story, we can relate to it because all of us have got issues. All of us have got stuff in our life that when we're pressed, it'll come out, it'll issue forth from us. And sometimes when I'm put in a situation where I don't feel secure, where I don't feel like I'm in control, I can be known to get a little bit irate, cranky. I'm trying to, you know, as I've gotten older, I've got to build defences about that. I don't tend to listen anymore when people are talking to me. And, you know, I just, they just talk and I just, whatever. I don't listen because if I don't get listened, I can't hear something that makes me feel funny and I don't get cranky. My wife, it's a bit of a worry for my wife because she says, did you hear me when I said that? Yes. But all of us have got stuff, haven't we? Haven't we? If we're going to be honest and brutal tonight, all of us have got stuff that when we're pushed, it comes out. And I want to look tonight at this woman and just see how she dealt with her issues. And maybe we could learn some things from it tonight about possibly how we could deal with our issues. Amen? Are you willing? Okay. So let's go back and let's look at what happened to her. She came up behind him. I love what um, Graham said this morning about the meek inheriting the earth and those that who are content with who they are, you know. And uh, she, she wasn't feeling real great about herself. So she snuck up behind Jesus and she said, you know, uh, if I can just touch him. She'd heard about him. She'd heard about him. 
She'd listened to some reliable witness who'd said, man, you should have seen what Jesus did at the synagogue last week. (gasps) You wouldn't believe it. There was this guy, and man, he was full of demons. And uh, Jesus just sort of pointed at him, and the demons started screeching, and they went out. And this guy, man, I remember that guy. And issues, I'm telling you, that guy had some issues. And when Jesus was finished with him, he was sitting there like a little lamb. She said, really? Yeah. And you know what? My neighbor heard on the other side of the lake, there was this dude. And seriously, he was crazy. He had issues. They used to tie him up with chains and he'd just bust the chains and do all kind of crazy things and cut himself with rocks and glass and stuff and run through the graves and just howl like a, a wolf. You wouldn't believe it, you know, would you? If somebody started telling you that, you'd go, yeah. But that's what the Bible says. There was a guy that did that. And Jesus came and found this guy. And and in a moment, Jesus spoke to the thing that was driving him and set him free. Set him free. And, And the guy said, Master, can I come and follow you? Can I be your disciple? Remember I said, no prisoners? Jesus said, no, no, no. No, no, no. You just go home and tell all your friends what's happened to you. And I'll see you later. This woman had heard about Jesus. And she said to herself, you know, I know I've got this stuff in my life. And and I've tried. And she had tried. Twelve years. Every doctor in town. Even went to some of the regional doctors. Spent all her dough. And she was no better. In fact, the Bible says, in fact, she got worse. But she heard about Jesus and she thought, I've got to find some way to get this guy into my world. If I can get him into my world, I can change what's going on inside of me. I've got to find some way of getting this guy into my world. I don't even know who he is. I don't even know the the full story. I've heard about him and if what they say about him is true, I've got to get this guy into my world. So that he can touch me and I can touch him and be made whole. So she she got a plan together. And this is what I really like about her. She wasn't saying, if I could just win Lotto, I would have enough money to go and find me some more doctors, better doctors, more expensive doctors. No. She wasn't looking for something that could magically happen outside of her control. She said, if I can just touch his garment, if I can do it, if I can just make a step and touch his garment so that I can be free. She made, she was proactive and she made a choice. You know, sometimes, sometimes because of the stuff, and I can imagine for this woman, you know, it says the story and only lasts 10 verses. You know, there's a lot of stuff that Jesus had to put in the Bible. And he couldn't, like, give you the whole deal. You know, it's not like Wuthering Heights or something that goes on forever. It was just a, just a little snapshot. But, see, I don't reckon there was a, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, bam, that came in one day and, and she went, yeah, I got it now. I reckon it's like us. It went over months and maybe years of decision. Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? 
have I really got the courage to step out? Do I really want to go outside my door in the state I'm in? Because it could be costly for me. Do I really want to step out of my comfort zone where I've got all the blinds drawn and the doors locked and I'm just at home here with my issues? Do I want to step outside? And I, and I reckon she went back and forward quite a bit about that, just like we do. Because I love this story, because I'm in this story. My name could be Veronica, let me tell you. <laughs> she said, if I can just touch his robe. Now, for her to touch the robe, she had to be willing not only to go into the crowd, but to push through the crowd. Now, pushing through the crowd is okay if you're someone like Jairus. And that's the story that, that Adam told. And, and that's the story that was happening around this story. Jesus was going to Jairus, and Jairus was a, a, a big you know, a big shot guy, that one of the leaders. And, you know, he's one of the sort of guy that when he walked down through the crowd, the crowd parted like something that Moses was doing. And it just kind of parted and he walked through the crowd, probably would have had an entourage, you know, several people with him, somebody, you know, carrying stuff for him and whatever, you know, his brief little man that carried his briefcase. There's a whole funny story about that, but I'm not going to tell you. But no, this woman was, wasn't like Jairus. She couldn't just go up in front Jesus and say, look, Jesus, my, my, my daughter's sick. Can you come and pray for her? It'd be really cool if you did. I'd be really grateful. She, she couldn't do that. She had to be willing to push through the crowd. She had to be willing to brave the misunderstanding of the crowd. Amen? Doesn't that keep us from pressing through? You know, if we went out and just kind of touched his garment, you know, some people wouldn't understand what's going on. And they'd think, man, they think we've got issues. Do you want me to let you in the secret? They know you've got issues. They know you've got issues. How do I know that? Because I've looked around church and I've gone, boy, they've got issues. And I'm just assuming that you've done the same to me. I'm just assuming. Yeah, he's got issues. Comes to church in his fancy Tarakash shirt. It's nice though, isn't it? Oh, okay. <laughs> but we've all got issues. We've all got issues. It's like, you know, people that say, just so I'm so dis, I'm so distressed about what people think about me, and it's like, dude, they're not thinking about you. Seriously, they're not. They're, they're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about what they're going to do tomorrow. They're thinking about they're going to get bread on the way home and milk, and if they don't, their wife will be really ticked off with them. They are not thinking about you. But yet, you think about the power of that. I'm talking the truth, aren't I? The power of thinking about what other people are thinking about us when the reality is they're not thinking about us at all. We're thinking about what they're thinking about us, but they're not thinking about us at all. They're not, they didn't even see us. Like the woman crawling through the crowd. They didn't even see us. 
They're not looking. They're looking at us, but they're looking straight past us, thinking bread and milk, bread and milk. (laughs) You would not believe how many times I've got home without bread and milk. I've got this this ability to drive past the shop because I wasn't thinking about bread and milk. I wasn't thinking about what she needed. I was thinking about something else and just drove straight past. And I I can do it. You'd be amazed what my capacity with this. Like, I could be driving from here to where the first row of cars are parked and my wife could say, don't forget we've got to turn right at the next intersection. And I can drive straight through that intersection. Because between here and there, something else, a butterfly, I don't know, something's coming. I'm just letting you in on some of my issues tonight. But she was willing to push through the crowd push past the judgment, push past the public opinion because she said to herself, if I can just get him into my world, I can be made whole. I can be made whole. If I can just get him into my world, I can be made whole. You know, some of you tonight here have got issues that people know about. Some of you have got issues that people don't know about. See, my wife knows about some of my issues, but I've probably got some she hasn't even found out on yet. We've been married 38 years. I can be sneaky. Very, very sneaky. Anybody pick up the movies? Movie reference? Excellent. But Jesus is in the place tonight. And there's a crowd of public opinion that keeps him from us and keeps us from him. And I want to give you the opportunity tonight, if you know that there's some things that you need to touch the hem of his garment on, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And I've got one more scripture. I'm going to ask the guys to pop that up. That's the Isaiah scripture, guys, Isaiah 55.1. And you know, this comes back to what I was saying about what Ian said. The, the writer, the prophet, I love these guys because they're seeing something that Jesus was going to do 700 years down the track. The Bible says that he stood up in the temple courts and he said, if anyone's thirsty, come to me. And this guy saw it 700 years before it happened. Didn't have a clue what it meant. Not a clue, but wrote it down. And then spent the rest of his life, and then as he went in to be with the Lord, on tippy toes, looking forward to it coming to pass. And this is what he wrote. He saw the the servant of the Lord. And this, this passage, in fact, a lot of Isaiah's prophetic about Jesus coming. And he says... Is anyone thirsty? This is him standing up making a declaration. Jesus is saying, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's free. It's free. Now, there's free and there's free, isn't there? I once signed up to a thing called um, Sports 365. I think it's in... uh, in Asia and you could watch the Premier League on your computer for free for a month. Now, if you went past a month, 
they started taking money out of your credit card. So it was like free, but it wasn't really free. It was sneaky free. But when Jesus said, come, it's free, it's free. He's making no demands. He's not saying, come, repent. He doesn't say that till much later on. What he says is, if you're thirsty, if you've got an issue, if there's something in your life that you are struggling with and you can't get a breakthrough, you can't deal with it, he says, come, come. When he walked the earth, he said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened down, and I'll give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I'm gentle and my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I was talking to someone during the week and I said, you know, sometimes in our history, it's like we've said to people, his yoke is a nightmare and his burden weighs a ton because of demands that we put on people wrongly. And tonight, Jesus is not making any of those demands. He's just saying, son, daughter, if you're willing to touch my robe tonight, I'm willing to touch your life, and it's free. Your faith can make you well. Go in peace. Now, one of the great things about Jesus is once you've tasted him, it's hard not to come back for more. Amen? It is hard not to come back for more. See, people think that we as Christians, we're just goody two-shoes people that go to church. No, we're just people that have tasted and we just keep coming back for more. We found out he's good and we're coming back again. We're coming back again. It was like the old days. Some of you are not old enough to remember this, but there used to be a milkshake shop called the Oak on the road between Sydney and Newcastle. Now, some of you said, yeah, that's the M1. No, it's not. There was a time before the M1. It was during the time of E.H. Holden's and F.B. Holden's and 1963 Ford's and... Too many other cars to even mention. But when you stopped at the oak, who's ever had an oak milkshake? Once you have tasted, you come back for more. Jesus is like that tonight. I guarantee if you can touch him tonight and taste and see that he's good, you will want to come back for more. There's no risk about it. Let's pray.